Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Underwear, armpit hair, many imitators, but no one compares. Badass Women's Hour XL with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell, and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. One, two, three, four! Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour Extra Bits, a little gift to you podcast subscribers. This week, we meet Sarah Malindwa from The Sex Clinic, and we talk to her about all things STI and sexual health. I mean, if you think that's the way this segment is going, you're very, very wrong. (laughs) If anything, it's putting you off. Uh, We are talking sex sex education and STIs with Sarah Melinda, nurse from the Sex Clinic, uh, which is on E4 on the 24th of Feb at 10pm. I want to talk about this how generations see sex differently because mm. the people that come on the show are very young yeah like they're kind of like late teens early 20s and they are so open and me and my like old i mean i thought i was really open and very cool and then i watched them and i'm like we are just right? on another planet <laughs> how do kind of how do you think our understanding of sex as a whole has changed through the ages I think I think the internet has changed a lot of things for us. Um, I think now there's a lot more access to information. Before you'd kind of rely on your mum or your dad giving yeah. you that chat or whatever you learn from from school or your friends and you know magazines. Whereas now you know there's there's bloggers, there's there's uh, vlogs, there's you know you've got Instagram, you've got Twitter. You can follow. There's sex positive um, influencers. There's there's a lot of more information and it's sort of normalised and people are just talking about it. And I think with things like Twitter, things like especially with things like Instagram and blogs and things. Um, I just think when people talk about something, often it then becomes the norm. Mm-hmm. And young people are just really good at that now. You know, they're, they're really onto the social media thing. So they interact with each other. They, you know, there's, and, and um, celebrities as well. I think I think people in the public are also play a bit of a role. Recently, we saw uh, Gareth, um, what's his name? Uh, it was a rugby player. Gareth Thomas. Gareth Thomas. Oh, yes. 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 Oh, yes. Incredible. Brilliant. Incredible. And he, and he obviously, and it all happened, unfortunately, because he was obviously, you know, somebody yeah. threatened to out him. But mm-hmm. I mean, ever since it came out as a HIV, you know, living with HIV, it, it's changed how people view it. You know, he's mm-hmm. really made, and I think just having somebody in the public eye showing that, look, this is what an STI, I live with this chronic STI, and I'm, you know, I'm one of the biggest sports 
per- yeah. personalities in the country. I have a partner. I, normal, I live a normal life. I think it's great when um, people in the public eye can talk about their sex lives. And I think that ha- that's happening a lot more now. I think it's also great that there's so many more avenues for people to, to, to learn about sex. I yeah. mean, I'm in my 50s. And I remember when I was at school, we were given a cardboard box, a cardboard book with a picture of a girl and a boy who looked remarkably similar. The only difference was one had a tiny willy and one didn't. And there was an arrow. And I remember thinking, I spent about a year wondering why I was arrowless. Because I thought, you know, where is my arrow gone? Um, pointing down there. I didn't have anything. But um, I, that, literally that was it. And yeah. because, it, the, because they made it feel like a shameful, embarrassing mm. topic, we were then reluctant to ask yeah. questions. In fact, there's so many more avenues now that yeah. the whole education just is, must be brilliant. Must be brilliant. And um, I remember when I went, because I went to an all-girls Catholic school, so oh yeah brutal so it was basically just uh sex when you're ready to, when you're married and to conceive pretty much i mean yeah. i think that's fair advice actually <laughs> <laughs> if my children that's listen, how I think you that's were always doing right. wasn't it, exactly. yeah. 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 but you know off air we'll talk about um a show called sex education weren't we and obviously shows like the sex clinic so all these things are good because because they, they do target young people um and so I, I guess that's how they just become more empowered to talk about these things. Do you see a level of misinformation, though, still? Because I remember when I was a teenager, you thought you could catch an STI from yeah. a new seat and all yeah. that. Can you not? It's de- <laughs> Apparently not, I don't know. Depends where you're sitting, We're I all guess, riddled so, yeah. Um, but I... Is- do you still see people turning up with those sorts of things and you're like, where has this come from? Yeah, and this is the thing, because I, I remember with Series 1 of the Sex Clinic, some people were like, oh, are they acting like are these are they just and I'm like no because in real life people come in and ask these questions you know I had I had somebody recently who came in and uh, their housemate was recently diagnosed with HIV um, and she was like com- she was completely like scared you can I thought that she was going to tell me something that something really bad had happened mm. and you could see some that was really anxious she was like you know I'm really you know I don't know what to do I want to get a test so I was like okay so your housemate got diagnosed with HIV recently so I was like yeah so I was like okay when did you guys have sex I was like no he's gay like no we're just friends and I was like right okay here we go so and then and then you have to explain how the virus works and how you can't pass it on through saliva so you know sharing cups um I then you know went in to talk about if if ever there's any bleeding or anything what to do in these situations because she was really nervous and she had questions about what if this happens or what if that happens and so it's normal but then you think and as we just said sex sex education is not that great well where else would people get information from if you're not studying to be a nurse or a doctor or a health advisor why would you know what how HIV is transmitted or what what herpes is or yeah what age do you think you should start having the sex conversation with kids I think with kids the minute they start to inquire and ask um I think obviously do do it in such a way that it's age appropriate so that they can understand um but I, I don't think it's ever too early to be honest just mm. to even just on a basic about just not learning about your genitals and stuff and mm. you know my, my nephew's uh eight years old now so my sister started to talk to him about you know th- about his genitals and knowing you know if someone does you know don't let anybody if anybody touches you in such a way like mm. these kind of conversations just to let children know that you can talk so I think it's ne- I don't think it's ever too early to just to talk about it in a way that children can understand for their age mm. yeah we've talked a lot about young people but i heard that one of the biggest risers in stis are actually well yep. your age group amanda <laughs> why are you looking at me <laughs> like over over 50 yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah 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 your lot amanda <laughs> are you noticing that in the in the clinic as well do you, are you seeing more people of that 
that generation because there's sort of a real sexual liberation for those oh, massively. people now, especially with dating apps, right? Yeah, with dating apps and, <laughs> you know, things like divorce rates going up and things like dating apps. Um, and just, I, I feel like now we live in a generation where you, it's easier to meet people, where, mm. whether it's romantically or friends and networks and, and, and engage with different people. And so you're more likely to go out and socialise and meet people and, and potentially have sex. And um, allowed to enjoy your and, sex and you're allowed, well, exactly. That's, you know, yeah. yeah, that's not just, you know, and, and there's never, you know, you're never too old to have sex. I see patients in their 70s still coming in, and you know. Um, so we are seeing a massive increase. And the re- reason being is because we're not targeting that age range. We're thinking, oh, by then you're done having sex. You know, we yeah. don't really think. We always think about the younger people. And we assume that if you're older, you, you, you must be more clued on and have a bit more. Yeah. But again... Unless you've studied about STIs, why would mm. you know? You know, why would you be what's aware of what's this? What's the oldest patient that's ever come into your clinic? Oh, about ninety-five. Wow. Yeah, yeah, and he he still comes in. Mm. Yeah, and he's a, and he's a sex worker as well. Amazing. Really? Um, I kid you not. Yeah. We, in fact, we see quite a lot of um, sex workers over a certain age as well. Mm. Yeah. You, you, you'd be, yeah, you'd be absolutely surprised. Mm. Like people assume that you know what a sex worker might look like. Mm. Nine, I'd say six times out of ten, they just look like you know your RE teacher, or it's not. Everyone thinks you're gonna have like lip fillers and I like was tits like this. And of my RE teacher actually <laughs> yeah. explains. A I lot. mean, it's a look. There you it? go. The RE, <laughs> the RE teacher. But how look. wonderful that that is available to sex workers. Yeah, and, and I'm assuming it's free. So it's they free, can just, yeah. and also they don't have to book an appointment. Amazing. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, sex workers come, and you know, I work in a clinic in um, in the heart of Soho, and it's the busiest clinic in Europe. Wow. We diagnose more infection. In in that one clinic than the whole country combined. Wow. So we see, we, yeah, so we see quite, quite a lot. I but. think it's brilliant, just something to keep them safe in a dangerous, often dangerous yeah. job. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah for brilliant. sure. Mm. If people have never been to a sex clinic and they're nervous and they feel like possibly they're listening to this and thinking, oh, hang on, I've never been tested and maybe mm-hmm. I should get checked. What's kind of, what's your advice for a first-timer? For a first-timer, what I would say is the very first thing you should consider when you're going to a sexual health clinic is whoever you're seeing has chosen to work in that field. They've not plucked us off the street and said you're going to look at someone's penis now, you know, someone's a droopy penis. No, we've obviously chosen to. <laughs> sorry, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say that, but I just have it. Sorry, I'm just not sure it's going to help against signups. <laughs> I know it's not going to help, is it? It's really not. Oh, it's a bit trippy today, isn't it? That's fine. We're used to that here. Don't worry. Come on, bring in. it in. Asking for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but it's true. It's like any, any, whoever you're going to see has chosen to work in that particular profession for a reason. Clearly, we're interested in it. We, lo- we love working in, in sexual health um, and, you know, there's a clear interest. Also, we've probably seen about 20 other gender tools that day. So you're just going to be one of many. Um, and yeah, this is what we do day in, day out. There's nothing that you've got that, that we've not seen before. I've, I've never been like, oh my God, that's new. No. I mean, every now and then you're like, oh, okay, this is, I've not seen this in a while. But other than that, it's, there's nothing that's, we're unshockable. I suppose you're yeah. also the person that can reassure everyone thinks her genitals have to look a particular way. Yeah. So I guess actually you can just confirm that they are entirely different. Entirely different. Yeah. Entirely different. Um, and there's no there's there's no way like there's no specific way that people's genitals should look there's mm. no and i think porn obviously gives a, a distorted idea of what mm. people's genitals should look like but i can confirm i don't know how many i've seen in my <laughs> in my long career as a nurse but uh, i've seen a lot and yeah it's it's fine like we don't care yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> Sarah, you've been absolutely brilliant. We've loved chatting with you. I feel like I've learned so much. So uh, good. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to do some learning from Sarah, she's going to be on the Sex Clinic on E4, 24th of February at 10pm. Um, and just, yeah, go and have a, go and have a watch, because quite frankly... I am in awe of all the people that turn up on that show and just are like, look, I will tell the world about what is going on with me for the benefit of humanity. Yeah. Great people. You've been listening to Badass Women's Hour. If you like the show, then help more people find us. You can tag us or talk to us on social media using at Badass Women's Hour. Or you can be really lovely and leave us a review and a rating. Five stars, please. It helps boost us up the podcast rankings and allows other people to find us. We'll be back next week with more badass guests and in-depth chat. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.